Let's bring in our friends, the insiders, again tonight, uh, because it's uh, uh, always interesting to hear the uh, inside view on how these things play out. And David Hurley, who is the campaign manager uh, for Paul Martin, uh, Jamie Watt, who has worked on a number of uh, conservative campaigns at senior levels. Uh, David, uh, you know, this has got to be a tough night for you, I'm sure, looking at uh, the historic Liberal Party at its worst ever performance, both in seats and uh, vote count. Um, you know, can somebody recover? Can a party recover from a kind of disaster that they're facing tonight? Well, um, first of all, I was only smiling when you came over here because I'm told I'm supposed to smile on television. I, <laughs> I do not feel much like smiling tonight at all. I think the answer to your question is, frankly, uh, historically an open one. Uh, but I, I think that two things about this result, one of which is it is worse than the worst expectations, worst fears that Liberals had about uh, how this night would go. And in fact, that's a big story about the Conservative majorities. It's clear to me that over the weekend, significant amounts of center-right Liberals decided to vote for the Conservatives uh, in order to stop uh, a latent government. And so that's why the Conservatives are performing better than people are expected and the Liberals are performing worse. The NDP are pretty much on the mark of what I thought they would get in this election. But obviously there was a bleed on the centre-right. That's just an illustration of some of the problems that the party is going to have moving forward. On the other hand, Quebec is now a huge wild card again in Canadian politics. And Quebec has been shaken up. Unless one believes that it's going to be owned by the NDP in perpetuity, likely Quebec is a province that is a viable territory for all federal political parties again. And one piece of important territory that the Liberal Party has owned historically, which is the strong national government, strong Canada positioning, is available in that province and is available in every province because none of the other Federalist parties have taken that territory. And so there, I think there is, listen, this is the kind of thing from which uh, if you were betting, you would bet against it. But the political graveyards of this country are full of people who've underestimated the Liberal Party. Right. And, uh, you know, to some degree, the Conservative Party. Let's not forget 1993. Uh, they were down to two seats at the end of that night, and people wrote them off that they could ever come back. Now, it, it was a rocky road in coming back, uh, but they came back, and now they're uh, in power and have won their third government in a row. Uh, Jamie, how do you... Uh, how do you look at these results? We've got the conservative number up at 166. So, you know, it's starting to look, uh, in spite of some very tenuous leads, it's starting to look like that majority is, is more than likely at this point. It does, Peter. And I think one of the uh, encouraging things for the conservatives is they were able to uh, make that breakthrough in the GTA and in Toronto as well. It looks like a number of senior uh, liberals won't make it. Uh, Martha Hall Finley, Ken Dryden, Joe Volpe, Mario Silva, Rob Oliphant. And, you know, it wasn't long ago that the minister for Toronto, the political minister for Toronto in, in a Harper government was Jim Flaherty, who had to come from Ajax. And that was always a point of credibility for that government. They didn't have representation in Canada's major metropolitan city. That's one of the alignments, fundamental realignments, which has taken place tonight. I think that, along with the story of the Bloc and the Liberals in Quebec, those are the stories that we'll be writing about for some time and will actually impact how all of the parties go forward. You know, uh, David, the night that Paul Martin lost in 2006 to Stephen Harper, uh, he did not wait. He uh, said in his speech that night that he would be stepping down. Um, that was a decision one assumes he came to uh, 
if not on his own, certainly with talking to people like you, to make a decision on the night off, um, which is, I suppose is something that Paul or that Michael Ignatieff has got to be pondering at this point too. How difficult is that to make that decision on the night off? Well, a party leader has a lot of responsibilities, and to a lot of people, and they're custodians of institutions, and they have to consider all those things. Mr. Martin, for example, on election night in 2006, not only spoke to his group of advisors, but he spoke broadly to people in the caucus, and he spoke to uh, the president of the party to get the party's perspective on what ought to happen, and he made a judgment that night that the party needed to make a clean break from what had gone on in the past, and the party needed to start rebuilding itself for another run at government unencumbered by leadership issues and leadership divisions. That rebuilding hasn't happened. It's more imperative now, now than ever before that it needs to happen, and any leader in Mr. Ignatieff's position would have to judge whether or not he's best able to lead that rebuilding movement going forward. All right, got to leave it at that. Yeah.